Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Divided Films. I'm JJ and with me as always is my co-host Keith. Drago! <laughs> Perfect for this. Uh, thank you, Keith. And uh, yeah. joining us on the podcast for the first time is our very good friend, Alex Puhala. Welcome, Alex. I'm happy to be here. You were like the perfect person uh, for our film we're talking about today because I've know you've talked about this movie for for many many years, so it's about <laughs> time we record a conversation about it. Um, so today's divided film is the boxing drama Rocky Four, written, directed, and starring the Italian stallion Sylvester Stallone. Uh, this movie uh, falls into the category of having a negative score from critics that's 40 percent approval on that end and then a positive score (laughs) we're booing the the critics are basically um drogo in this uh and then uh a positive score from audiences 75 percent approval so 35 percent difference there between critics audiences and the rotten tomatoes critics consensus rocky four inflates the action to absurd heights but it ultimately rings hollow thanks to a story that hits the same basic beats as the first three entries. Already in wrong. The franchise. Yeah. <laughs> wrong. Uh, okay, yeah, so I can kind of see where the critics are coming from here. And, and that, yeah, this is the fourth Rocky movie. And, yeah, there's like a basic framework. I mean, obviously, each of these movies ends with a climatic boxing match, as any boxing movie should do. Except Rocky Five. Oh, you see, I haven't seen that one. The so Rocky that's the... Five rumble in the streets. The climactic fighting scene happens earlier with his protege, and the final fight scene is when Rocky, who has a severe brain injury from Rocky Four, beats the hell out of his protege in the streets. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Rocky Five. I heard that's a really wild one. So that's definitely next to my list after watching the first four, uh, and so. You know, like this, it's interesting to watch the evolution of the Rocky movies. And so this one I knew would be the most contentious one because fans are all about it. But it seems like critics prefer the earlier entries in the franchise, specifically Rocky's 1 and 2. But, uh, you know, Alex, uh, it, as a big fan of the franchise, like what would your defense be? It is, you know, you, you like, I imagine, like each entry. But, you know, where does 4 fall for you in terms of each film? All right, so when I think of the Rocky franchise, Rocky Balboa franchise, right, you have to think of it as a story arc, first of all, with Rocky IV being the climax of, like, the epitome of being America. Absolutely. I want you to think of it that way, right? So here he is in Rocky One. If you watch Rocky One through Rocky IV, his his ability to pronunciate, read, and articulate himself slowly increases from movie to movie. In fact, in sec in the second Rocky, they actually display like St- Stallone pl- displays Balboa almost as a character who could barely read and like function on a set, right? And then by Rocky three, he's making commercials, he's taking out Hulk Hogan, he's whining and dying, and you know he's rocking out the world, right? By Rocky Four, though, he's like literally the epitome of like America in the sense like the people's champ on top of the world. Prove that he can even beat the underdogs, right? Where he used to be the underdog. 
So you got to think of it that way. as this story arch in my mind from Rocky 1 to Rocky 4. Now, Rocky 1 is truly, like, it's literally, like, I think in, like, the, that vault, right? The vault for, like, classic movies. Like, top 100 movies all people should watch. I agree. Um, and it makes sense. Like, it is a beautiful story about not necessarily winning, but proving that you are worth something and of value. That we all have innate value, and we just have to have that moment. And while there's some very uncomfortable sexual interactions in it between men, <laughs> uh, we're definitely in today's uh, culture, and even by like I think most people's standards, were not appropriate coming on to someone's scenes for the time. You know, it didn't age well, of course, but for the time, you know, it was very much about two misfits falling in love and getting their chance, right? Mm-hmm. So Rocky One's always going to be the best Rocky. Right, because it's like truly a great movie. I agree, but I think what uh, surprised me when I first got into the franchise years ago is that you know the first Rocky is a really sad movie. Oh, it's very sad. And so, actually, looking at both the evolution of the critics and audience scores through each franchise, the first Rocky movie is not even the fan favorite. It's actually got one of the lower scores for audiences because of just how dramatic it is. It's it's kind of a tough watch at times. Yeah, it's, it's not a, an action movie. It's a drama, right? It's, it's really it's up. a love story. It's a drama and a love story. It's very earnest, too, I would say. And so it's endearing, and I think that's what wins people over with this Rocky character, is that he is just a down-on-his-luck guy. And for me, a fascinating arc throughout the films is how he handles success. It's almost like he's bad at being successful. Right, so imagine, so keep in mind... Stallone and Rocky's age parallel each other in each movie. Stallone is Rocky's age in the given movie. So in Rocky 1, he's playing a 30-year-old, early 30-year-old, washed up, just like muscle fighter who's never going to make it, right? And in some ways, that's how Stallone probably even like pictured himself of like, I want to make it. I think I have this artistic edge, but I don't know, right? And then in the second movie, it's more like, did I really deserve that win? Can I really not just go the distance, but but prove to society, meme for like I could really contend with others? Was it a fluke, right? Like was that first? And it doesn't actually matter if he wins or loses, right? I agree. According to the Creed continuation of the franchise, into Creed, uh, Rocky loses the third fight between him and Apollo Creed at the very end of uh, Rocky Three. Actually, oh the friendly bout, yeah, yeah the yeah. friendly when you see them about to hit each other, he actually supposedly loses that. Which is why, coming to Rocky IV, the epitome of why we're here. Rocky IV is the epitome of what America thinks of itself. And that's why we loved it. That's why we still love it today. Because you know what? Maybe we're not the smartest. Maybe we're not the fastest. But we are, we are, we got the spirit, right? We have the human American spirit. Where even if someone is six to eight inches taller than me, and in real life, uh, Rocky Balboa's character, the actor who plays him, Sylvester Stallone, is like 5'8". So yeah. him versus Dolph Lundgren in real life, it wouldn't be a 30-40 pound difference, maybe a 50-pound difference. It'd be like a 60-70 pound difference. It would be no contest. So, Sylvester Stallone, there's no chance that he actually weighs 182 pounds in Rocky IV during the fight scene, which somehow he goes from being a tubby guy and Rocky one, all smooth and buttery looking. Like it looks like a good old batch, batch of biscuits before you bake it. To literally looking like a shredded bodybuilder by Rocky four. 
he is the most ripped in the whole franchise at the end of Rocky Four when he's having this final battle. Like, the best workout, I guess, is working manual labor in Siberia. Yeah, I just got to move these logs over here. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> That's a, That beats out, like, the most scientifically crafted workout that the 80s had to offer. Right. That's the point of it, right? So it is the American spirit at a time that we still viewed ourselves as, like, we're the good guys and Russia's the bad guys. Simple plot line. You kill an American idol who's just trying to have fun while you're trying to prove a point and you're doing what your country's telling you to do. Like at the end of the day, that's Dolph Lundgren's character, right? Um, like literally Drago is just doing, trying to make his country proud and his wife proud. And here's this guy making a fool of him at the beginning of the movie. Right, right. I mean, he seems like he's almost like a robot for most of the movie because everyone's talking on Drago's behalf. Not for him, and- right? Right, they're talking for him, and he's kind of like this emotionless, like, he almost seems like he is indifferent to everything around him except fight. Like, he's just, like, he's programmed to do one thing, and that is destroy. Destroy, to conquer, right? So, actually, someone I used to work with was, like, literally an officer in the USSR, and, like, that's what you were taught to be. You're a cog in this machine, even more than a general military, right? You're truly just a cog in a machine. So, here you have this beautiful setup of, like, the ultimate, like, the Russians are the bad guy, we're the good guy, and at the very beginning of the film, he kills one of the most loved characters in cinema from, like, 1975 to that moment. Right. Pretty quickly. I was surprised. I was like, oh, we're only 25 minutes in, and this is happening already? I had, like, a freak out, right? Because it's like, here's a guy who's supposed to be, like, pretty much Muhammad Ali, right? Like, an American icon, and Sylvester Stallone was like, you know, you want to get people invested in this movie? Really don't just make it about Russia versus America. Make it about, like, human instinct to kill versus human instinct to thrive, right? Well, I think they had to do something in the fourth, in a fourth film of any franchise. You have to raise the stakes. So I, I, like, you know, it wouldn't really work unless you had a big impact like that, like killing off a major character like Apollo. So so, but, so with that, I think that's why Rocky Four for me, is probably the second best Rocky, right? And I think for a lot of fans, we're like, oh, my God, like, this is what we want when we come to see a Sylvester Stallone movie in the mid-'80s where he's one of the highest-grossing action stars in the world at the time, right? We want to see Stallone get insanely ripped, and we want to see him shirtless for like a third of the movie. And we want one or two emotional moments. And they just connected enough emotional moments to make the, the idiocracy of how action-packed it is really like connecting. Like when Adrian comes to Siberia and he's like, and if I win, if I lose... And she's like, I'm here no matter what. Like, I'm here with you, Rocky, right? I was a beautiful relationship to see throughout the franchise. Although, you know, I think there is a bit of danger where you know, it, she objects to the fight like she had in previous films. So she know, you know she's going to come around again. I think by the end of this, we will have to uh, give our, like, official rankings of, like, you know, top to bottom Rocky films. But I will say, I, I, I get a sense that the fourth Rocky franchise has come to define... Sorry, the fourth Rocky movie has come to define the franchise. It's what people think of when they think of the franchise, not the earnest drama that is the first one. But what about you, Keith? Like, what what would you, you know, were you were you a fan of Rocky, like, earlier, or did you come into this franchise more recently? Well, first of all, you, 
you couldn't have picked a more perfect guest. I could listen <laughs> to Alex Wax Poet. No, like there's a lot to say about this franchise and I'll I th I think I can only add to Alex's points about this uh about the franchise in general. I I I, I casually watch Rocky. I think I've seen all the movies except for 5. I actually really enjoyed Creed. I uh I rewatched the first Rocky a couple months ago um just cuz honestly like and uh it's like so close to being a perfect film if not a perfect film. And I read a review a couple weeks ago. I read a review for um, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He, he wrote the book version of that. And I was reading a review, and one of the critics was like, America, America doesn't really have mythology, but it has pop culture, and that's our mythology. And that couldn't have, that can't be more true than Rocky. And Sylvester Stallone. Well, like, they're almost one the same person. But like Rocky, you're a hundred percent right, Alex. There is a there is an arc that we're still like. I can't wait for Creed three because it's part of our uh, mythology, right? Like he has a so statue. So, sorry, so much so. Yeah, I was gonna bring up the statue too. There is a statue not of Sylvester Stallone. There is a statue of the fictional character he plays. Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia in front of the art museum. It's amazing. People take pictures with it, and it's not like, oh, thank you, Sylvester Stallone, for popularizing the city with this iconic film. It's like, no, like we love Rocky as if he was a real person. He's like the Paul Bunyan of the Eastern Seaboard. And there's this thing I want, I, and Keith, I don't know if you were going to get to this. The thing that makes Rocky Four the stereotypical Stallone movie and really took over the archetype of what is Rocky is there is less actual dialogue, more spoofs, and more cutscenes, montages, than any of the other Rocky movies. There are three montages in it, really. Whole songs. The, the entire montage, song, too. One, the one montage when he's in the car, and it's basically like a weird highlights of the previous three films in random order that really threw me off i was like what is the logic behind this montage i get he's reflecting on the past movies but it's really Him running it after is... a chicken at one point <laughs> it's almost incoherent i'm like like what what he's like uh, bouncing around the first three films in that flashback i i kept saying they're not going to use the whole song are they like i i remember and they use they use the entire song like the montages definitely represent like 10 minutes of the film. Alex, I might as well bring uh, – for the viewers, audience at home, I subletted with you for a summer. And every – just about every day before you went to the gym or I joined you at the gym, we would – Rocky uh, Four was on Netflix and you would play the training montage. And I've probably seen that scene – more than any other scene in a movie. So No Easy Way Out plays during um, the car scene, but uh, Burning Heart into an actual full orchestra piece is played during the final like uh, cutscene montage. Right, the one ends with him like on the mountaintop, which is Jungle! <laughs> it's pretty epic. Several I mean... children died in the making of that movie during to that during that uh, avalanche. By the way. 
Oh, right. <laughs> he caused the avalanche. Well, you know what, too? The, a lot of people, they associate the song Eye of the Tiger with the whole franchise, but that doesn't really get played till the third movie. Third movie, yeah. That gets played in the third movie, and it's actually during the first mini-montage showing how under-trained Rocky Balboa is. Right, right, because the whole thing with the third movie is that he is getting these easy wins, right? That's like the whole th- I mean, that's another example of him struggling with success. Like, he is now he is now the champion, but, like, is he going to really defend his title or is he going to get these gimmies? You are not very realistic, are you, Mr. Creed? And wh- where did you come from? What are you talking about? You can box, yes, but you are far too old to think that you can win over Draco. Oh, is that a fact? Yes, and it could be a painful one. Huh. You put that heavy bag with eyeballs in the ring with me, and you're going to see the meaning of pain. Why do you insult us? Now, you just hold on here. Don't make me out to be the bad guy. I came here to talk about a friendly exhibition bout till Comrade Big Mouth started out. Right. It's you who are the aggressor. Mr. Mr. Is obvious. I, don't I this, wish man. to say to the press, in all fairness, Drago should not even fight this man. Oh, come on. Because he is a has-been. Oh, you get that big chump in the ring right Mr. now. I think we can't talk about Rocky if we can't talk about man love and just loving the male body. Well, that's the other thing, too. I really okay. Uh, this might be a hot take, but I kind of my personal favorite of these movies might be the third one because I really enjoy the friendship between Apollo and Rocky that forms in that movie, and I feel it's like such a pure, real friendship. Their man love for each other is so beautiful. Them running down the beach together and stuff—it's like it's it's a sight to be also just statistically. A six foot former NFL player versus a five foot eight just lifetime actor slash adult film star at one point. There's yes. no way the latter would ever win in a run in a sprint. Ever. No, no, no. I mean that's all like, you know, he's he's training him and stuff, and that's that's the whole idea too. He's they even say in the fourth movie, David versus Goliath. Like it seems like in each movie he has to be physically dwarfed by his by his opponent you have to constantly up the ante with, with Dolph Lundgren was such like you couldn't ask for a more perfect casting and I would put Ivan Dra- I don't have a list but I would put Ivan Drago in a you know he's up there in terms of 80s villains like he is born for that role he, born for that role. you look at any like top five um what is it like top five conspiracy like not conspiracy uh propaganda films against uh Russia it's always in there. Oh, yeah. He's like the super villain, right? Of just like, I am literally like a Frankenstein. Well, they even show like injecting steroids into him at one point. And that's never Which where I... you'd inject steroids. You do it into, into the gluteus maximus, not that. Which I also think is funny. I don't know. It's a very movie way of showing it. I also thought it was funny that his wife is an Olympic swimmer. That's like another notorious, you know, commie era steroid induced athlete. But so what you bring up here, though, is like that's the thing, right? This is the idea of the American spirit versus like pure perfect, like physical and like even scientific perfection. It doesn't matter how much the Russians try to do this. It doesn't matter how much any nation tries to do this because we have the embodied spirit of America behind us. I mean, it goes back to like the revolution, right? Like we had, we were at inferior arms and technology, and we were outnumbered. We well, still won, damn it! Exactly. I think well, that's why people loved it. That's why people still love it. Well, it's I, like, it, well, I do think the CIA or the government did help fund this movie, and they've done that before, especially in the '80s with, uh, you know, uh, war games and everything. But I, uh, 
watching this movie in a while, this is, I think this is the first movie you can watch, you can love ironically and unironically. Like, you, like it, it's entertaining. It is, I mean, it has its faults. But it is it's got some entertaining. Wacky, it's got some wacky moments in it. I it mean, has a robot. Can we the talk? The talking about robot it? has no place. <laughs> it has no place in this film. I mean, that's like if Godfather Part Two had a talking robot. Like, what is this talking? I robot like that doing? he reprograms the voice so that it's a it's a female voice. But it's like a sex robot. Then at that point, it's a little a little weird. I mean, even the Pauly character. If you look at him, I mean, in the first movie, he is an abusive, alcoholic character towards the Adrian character. Second movie, he's still using her. Right. He's, it's like he, he – and then by now in this fourth movie, he's like comic relief. He's stumbling in the snow. He's just this goofy guy who lives with them. And so I think that's the kind of thing that have critics falling off. It's like, oh, like any the grit of the first movies you kind of – Lost maybe, during the right. first third of this movie, right? And I think that was like – almost semi-intentional to show a contrast of like the harsh reality of Drago's situation of like yeah. doesn't matter that he's like literally the same thing like a, a hero in his country um yet he just has to be like literally an animal it has to be literally like a frankenstein monster well, well he, he even rebels at one point towards at the end there's a moment where he's screaming at like the the russian officials like i'm not doing this for you and I feel like that probably led to him getting like executed or something afterwards. So there was, there was, I believe, a screenplay that Stallone, Sylvester Stallone, started writing or had the idea for, or actually did write, called Drago, where it was about the aftermath of Rocky IV for Ivan Drago. Now, of course, we if we're going to talk about this, we should also talk about Creed II, where. Uh, yes. Creed's son, illegitimate child, ends up fighting Ivan Drago's son, which was not nearly as climactic and not nearly as entrenched in like the dichotomy we're talking about right now. But the real best actors in that movie, Ivan Drago and the guy who plays his son. I'm not afraid yeah. to say that. It's kind of amazing that they were able to, like, when you're watching Creed. You're going like, oh, he died in kind of the the goofiest movie. He died in the movie with the robot in it, and it is very well. I thought it's very hard heartfelt, and that's one of the like the pluses of the the pros of the movie. But as I'm watching Creed and Creed Two, I'm like, he died in the movie with the robot, and they're able. It's all canon. It's all canon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way I I, I was looking at the time, I'm like, they introduced this robot right away like five minutes in and then i think 22 minutes later he's dead in rocky's arms and the great greatest line of all time if he dies he yeah. dies and i mean the way they set up the whole uh death sequence for apollo it almost to me felt like a greek tragedy in a way like here's this super cocky guy he's got like the huge over the top uh like uncle sam costume you know, they even get like, uh, what's that singer's name? Um, uh, James Brown. James Brown. They get they get James Brown there, and it's like a huge over the top thing, like the most American type showcase you could possibly imagine. It's like we're all gonna have a great time, right? And then just like, nope, <laughs> it's like Drogo destroy. And so I thought that was, I you have a sense that something's gonna go terribly wrong while you're watching this giant happy spectacle going on. 
this is where like um you're you want to make sure we touch on the best versus the worst our rankings now at the beginning of rocky five the real tragedy of rocky four happens where it becomes very clear that rocky balboa is forever changed due to this fight well, yeah yeah i mean that was always the danger even in the earlier films i mean in the second movie he might go blind well no he is partially blind technically the doctor right. shows that like coming from like a like a certain angle he actually can't even see a blow coming and that right. if it gets worse it will literally he'll go blind to that eye um and then in rocky four like He's fighting a, a man who supposedly has the punching power that is three times or four times as strong as any other heavyweight champion. Yeah, insane. Like, they show it in the machine, and he's getting these blows to the face over and over again. A little-known fact, um, Dolph Lundgren, because they, when they're boxing, they are hitting each other. Like, they are hitting each other. Two little-known facts. One, um, what's Apollo Creed's name? In real life, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers actually walked off set when they were getting re- like practicing one of the fight sequences because Dolph Lundgren was hitting him so hard. Like wow. he walked off set, it was like I'm not dealing with this. This is too much. And the second little known fact is when they were actually filming that final fight scene, um, Dolph Lundgren hit uh, rock, uh, Stallone so hard in the chest he actually had heart palpitations. His blood pressure went sky high, and they had to airlift him to a hospital. Wow, no, that's that that's crazy. I understand there's the, there's a desire for realism, but but that's just how strong time. that actor, like Dolph Lundgren, literally like he didn't actually weigh two hundred and thirty pounds or something, but he did weigh like two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pounds. He's still a freakishly huge guy, and he also studied chemical engineering. Like, did I think he went to MIT? Or I I just find that 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 is your Snapple fact for the day. I just. I'm happy he's back in movies again. Like, <laughs> well, I only know one other movie he was in around the same time, which was Masters of the Universe. I guess he would make he would make a perfect He Man, and also Universal Soldier with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Ah, okay. Well, that's a duo that works well together, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen those films. Hey, Paolo, look, you were a great fighter, no doubt about that. But look, we got to face the facts too. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. And that's easy for you to say. You're still on top. What happens when you're not on top? Then what? Where do we go, Stallion? Because we sure as hell can't be born again. No, no, we can't be born again. But, you know, let's face it. We, we, we got to change sometime. I don't want to change. That's the wonder about Sylvester. I think Sylvester Stallone has achieved this sort of, or he's kind of like Adam Sandler in a way that, like, he, he's a guy who loves making movies. He has an attachment to this Rocky character that he's going to see He's going to try different things, win, lose, or draw, but he loves casting his friends. He lo- like he is legit friends with Carl Rathers. Expendables, I think, is a clear-cut example of friends, that ri- that fun rivalry-, rivalry he had with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who trained Dol- Dolph Lundgren. I, uh, that was... Uh, that's something that I learned on this. Uh, oh, so well, my, my, I love I love there was a rivalry between uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and my my favorite bit about their rivalry was how Schwarzenegger tricked yeah. Stallone into doing the worst comedy of all time, which was "Stop or My Mom Will Shoot." That is such a funny thing that Schwarzenegger duped Stallone into sending on for that. Ah, <laughs> so funny! I did the funny <laughs> on you. What a great script! But so coming back to Rocky Four. And the the idea of like you can see that like he's giving anything that's left in him, and 
and Ivan Draga at the end of it's giving everything he can. And even with everything he has, he just can't defeat the human spirit of Rocky Balboa. Yeah. And that's that underlying thing of like, you could knock us down, we could be less equipped, whatever it might be, or human spirit will pull us up. Now, I don't know if someone would write the same storyline anymore with our more balanced view of what America is, I think. Right. I think nowadays it's a little more fashionable to have a critical depiction of yeah, American global relations, that kind of thing. We're not as rah-rah as we were maybe during the um It was a different War time. Yeah, right. It was a totally different time. I mean, maybe you could have done something. I think there were things that were done right after 9-11, for example, but uh, definitely in this day and age, people would not be as on board. They would see it like, yeah, it's something cheesy. Like, this is a bit, uh, it's too much, right? So it, it's definitely like a time capsule movie in a way. Uh, and it's also interesting to see how the, the, the original Rocky movie is very reflective of the times of the 70s. And I also enjoyed watching throughout the, the first four movies that transition from 70s to 80s culture and the movie uh, both reflecting that change and then I think also adding to it. Right. Now, Rocky V, of course, takes just wild swings elsewhere, but Rocky Balboa is actually in some way the realistic idea of, like, can we let go of the past? Yeah, I remember seeing that one, like, years ago. And in that one, right, like, Rocky has lost everything by then, which I found really interesting. Right, and so in Rocky V, it turns out his accountant stole all of their money. Beginning of Rocky V. Oh, so he loses okay. everything at that point. They move actually back to the house that Adrian used to live in with her brother, the townhouse. And then in Rocky Six, it flashed. It's like two thousand six, two thousand five. I forget the exact year. I was in high school. I know that. And Adrian has passed, and he's like estranged from his son. And and like in some ways, Stallone was like, I think maybe battling with like, is this the end of my career? And if it is the end of my career, he had an interesting nineties. It was the tough '90s for him. I think it was mostly uh, mostly stinkers for him, unfortunately. Especially the late '90s. Nothing, not that many good things came out. No, that's it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I definitely think that um, like the late '70s, early '80s was maybe the more pinnacle of his career. Obviously, he was still a huge star uh, throughout the rest of the '80s into the '90s. But if you look at his best works, you could probably point to like the earlier part of his career. I mean, First Blood is another one that people really will say is like a critically good movie objectively but also um you know big fan base movie there and then it's also similar to the rocky films there where it went on for a really long time there's tons of sequels to that one there still was a sequel recently and it was extremely yeah. violent <laughs> right right he's kind of in that second like he got that second wind a few years ago with creed which i thought he gave also one of his best performances like he's all he's one of the few actors to be nominated for the same character and uh you know he, he you know he pops up in like guardians of the Ga like he has a relationship with james gunn the guardians of the galaxy he's kind of he's kind of living in like he's kind of living the statue life like i am movie icon sylvester stallone and he seems very humble. He seems very humble about it all. I think Always has see, been. We might see like a stretch of time where it's like with Sylvester Stallone in some movies and he'll like have, uh, you know, a nice supporting role there. Well, so like he was in um, the most recent, uh, what is it? Harley Quinn, Suicide Squad. He was in Suicide yes. Squad as the shark. And he was very funny. But, you know, he was being like a goofy version of his like voice, right? But like there's nothing wrong with that. And speaking of all this though, isn't that like the idea of like, if we pull it back to Rocky Four, 
He's supposed to be done. Literally at the beginning of the movie, it's Rocky talking to Creed about retiring. Right. He says, like, we're not these young guys anymore that we were years ago. But if we're not fighters, if we're not killers, who are we, Rocky? Who are we? We're nothing. So in a way, and this is why I brought up this idea of, like, the beauty of the male body, right? And, like, the epitome of, like, man love in in these movies, right? How many male eating disorders happened after these movies? One could only ponder. But the part that really they wrestle with is, like, and I ask this question, did he have to have that fight? Was it really worth it? What would have happened if he didn't do that fight? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer was no. <laughs> like, he should not have had that fight because uh, of what happens there. I mean, even um, that's a question that he has to, like, grapple with, like, like the Rocky character in almost each movie after the first one. Like, after the second one and the third one, does he does he fight again? He he uh, In the second and third ones, he announces he retires, but then he, he can't do anything else. I also, because that leads me to a thought I had watching, I think, the third one is that, you know, Rocky is surrounded by other bo- by other boxers who will trash talk, will be mean, will kind of get into this sort of like in your face mentality. But Rocky's never like that. When he's asked to respond to these insults, he kind of just is a little quiet and shy about it. And it almost seems to me like he's he was forced into boxing because he couldn't do anything else. Like he's just the big guy, and the only things he could do are things involving strength. So being, for example, a collector for the mob guy or you know, being in this world of boxing that he almost seems to not even fit in there, but it's the only thing he can do, which is kind of a tragedy in Stallion, itself. if we're not fighters, who are we? What are we, right? So in some way, if you want to be like overly analytic about this movie, he started as this is all I can be and this is all I am. And then he found out, no, I guess I can be loved and cared for by another, and I can love and really care for by for another. And then he found that there's even something more important to that, family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's, that's everything. I think that's another speech he has. And then he realizes proving that you can make it and that you're supported by those who care about you the most, your, your children, your wife, your brother-in-law. And then in Rocky IV, like, actually, and I wonder if Stallone would say this, like, Maybe he shouldn't have had the fight because his real value was not in the ring anymore. He didn't need to prove anyone anything. He's already loved by his wife, uh, admired, and like really looked up to by his son, and already already proved his value and worth in areas that have nothing to do with just taking a hit and giving one. Well, it was almost it was at that anger. Point, yeah, it was he, anger. It was anger. Because like that's at that point the the motivation is vengeance for Apollo, and and also just for the purpose of the movie itself to beat communism in its face and i mean that last speech at the end i was really howling because he gives this speech and gorbachev himself stands and applauds this speech and that's like can you imagine if the reverse happened if if Dolph Lundgren gave a speech to that Vegas audience about changing their capitalist ways and like Ronald Reagan stood up and clapped like that. It's insane that that crowd cheered for him at the end. Yeah. Some parts of it weren't very realistic. No, you think <laughs> that a five foot eight man being a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they even say at one point, like, Oh, he looks like a middleweight. It's like he's always looked like a lightweight almost at, at other times. At some points, the movie does feel like the Saturday afternoon adventures of with Rocky and friends. Yeah, I get that sense too. But you're—I don't know. It—it's—it's 
once again, I like it ironically, and I also it's a it, it's a critic it it works and it doesn't at the same time. I really don't know how to explain it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what ultimately will make it a very watchable movie for me is just is the spirit of it, right? It's 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 very much. Um, it, it feel like it Rocky writes this or Rocky writes it. Sylvester Stallone writes this movie and I think he believes what he writes each time, even if it is on the cheesier side, if, if it is on the more realistic side. And so there is a sincerity to it either way. You know, whether Rocky is down as luck or successful. Well, why would Rocky know how to very well like articulate himself after getting his brain beaten in versus just like we can all change, we all can feel connected. And I think that is a universal truth that no matter who says it, no one's going to be like, boo, get off the stage. Right, at that point. I've noticed in the first in the first two movies, even his regular dialogue, he says, he says you know a lot, right? He seems, it, it seems like he's almost improvising his lines some or the character has, like you said, a hard time articulating himself. That's actually a trick people do with uh, processing issues where they'll right. use like... Uh, uh, or like what you call it, or like you know I'm thinking, or you, and they do that because they're they're trying to fully articulate their thought before it could come out, right? They start to articulate yeah, he, before it comes out. I think he also bides his time with joking around, right, trying to be chummy and stuff like that. Like these turtles, butt kiss the dog. He's almost like a giant kid in those first two movies. And then the question is, is it because that is all he thought he was? And by Rocky Friend, that's what I mean by this, right? This idea of like. Does anyone sit and ask the question of, like, in reality, what would Creed really wanted from you more than anything? I think if you had a moment with your best friend sitting next to you and you're all looking at your boys, you'd say, even if every inch of you says you got to be a fighter and go fight, it's not worth it. Don't go do it. No, I mean, they even show Apollo in the beginning of 4. He's in his big swimming pool with his dogs. He's He's got the big house. He's got everything, right? Like, what else does he have to prove? And so that, that's the tragic part of that. And that's part of the human spirit and part specifically of the American idea of what a man is, right? So uh, not related to this movie, I think a lot about, like, gender and, like, just, like, social stereotypes and, like, Stallone and... You know, Schwarzenegger were the ideal idea of masculinity in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And here is, like, literally then two of the, you know, one other super muscular guy, like, being like, what are we besides this? Right? Mm -hmm. They're almost like soldiers after a war. Right? It's like, well, what else now? What else now? Like, we we did the fight, but now we're just supposed to live life, but all we ever knew how to be is a fighter. Right, which is in itself a profession that has a very limited time you can do that. Because if you look at a lot of boxers later in life, they do suffer a lot of brain damage and and you know they have a lot of neurological issues. It's yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's a it's a first of all, it's a sport that has heavily declined since the eighties. People are not really into boxing nearly as much, but it used to be like the biggest sport. Uh, so I always find that interesting. They used to be like the biggest um, thing that people. Tend to so this do. is like a random fact. In the past year alone, three professional bodybuilders have died from obviously things related to steroid use. And I'm not going to say anyone in this movie was doing steroids. I'm not saying that. The character does. I'm not going to say any actual actor does. Like, it's like a common thing. Like, even like um, the guy from Silicon Valley is in Eternals. 
like he might have done that naturally but like the idea this is when we started to see like un- extremely unrealistic male bodies in comparison to female bodies so now we have a perfect epitome of like even though i'm a grown-ass man with a beautiful wife family good job and my best friend has the same things we're still not enough mm-hmm. yeah because i mean their, their whole lives the mentality is like you know fight 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 uh which is you know it's never enough you always have to be hungry right like that's the other thing in like the third movie like you were you haven't been hungry since that last battle you got to stay hungry like even just like the realistic character like human beings Dolph Lundgren and Stallone the physical tear that they did on their body to be that muscular for that movie is insane an insane idea of what is required I mean, it's not uncommon for actors to do really crazy stuff to their bodies for certain parts, depending. I mean, it doesn't have to be super muscular. I think Christian Bale is a classic example of someone. Stallone had to from... keep that up in the 80s, though. He like, Not yeah. only was he like with the Rocky franchise, he had the Rambo franchise as well. Like he had that yeah, was his yeah. whole 80s. Just like I think it wasn't until it wasn't until maybe like Bruce Willis with Die Hard that we were like, oh, we can have a different kind of guy be our lead action star. And he had to compare himself, obviously, to Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was never going to be as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he was like, well, I can't get as big as you. I got a few more ripples than you. Yeah, yeah, he had a biggest personality, or you know, he made up with it with a more colorful personality. And he's the filmmaker. And no, like I, uh, Roger Ebert in the first Rocky compared him to uh, Marlon Brando in A Streetcar Named Desire. And when I watched it a, uh, a few months ago, I'm like, this is this is damn good act. Like this is a genuine, well made story that he held on to. Like he would, like he he fought. The studio did not know who this guy was. They wanted, like, Redford or somebody. And he fought for this role. Like, he is Rocky. He is the underdog. He is the American dream from start to, like, I know know Creed 3 is going, I don't know. It's going to be, like, not only the end of an era, but the end of, like, a, a myth or uh, a legend you know what i mean right. if, all, if it, all tales have to end somewhere. all tales have to end but then the question is over 50 years that's amazing who gets to write the ending and you know paulo creed didn't get to write his ending yeah that's true if anything i feel like you know the third movie kind of redeems apollo creed and then in the fourth movie cuts him down again so even though i on the movie by itself the fourth film you, you like i said you raise the stakes and you kill off one of your major characters to up the ante there i always felt like you know apollo creed just when i think he was really coming around and getting this redemption arc and now we're just seeing this friendship with him and rocky form because by the fourth movie they act like they've been friends for like so many more years than they actually have they've technically been friends for not a decade but they've known each other for at least a decade but since the third movie when after mickey dies then Apollo steps in the train, and that's when the friendship starts. That's the friendship when it really starts. In Rocky Three, you're only talking about like three, four years at most in the in the universe itself. So, but isn't that the thing? I think I like what you both were just saying there of like the end of the myth, the end of this storyline, right? For for Rocky, right? And Apollo Creed gets the raw deal because of his pride, his sense of like I have to be the fighter right and 
technically, maybe Rocky should have died at the end of Rocky Four. He wins, but then he dies right there and then. Maybe that would have yeah. been a more poetic, beautiful ending of like, I did it, but for what reason? Because isn't that what he's trying to say then with the later movies? And then at the end of it, like in like Creed Two, Creed One even, Creed One and Creed Two, where you see like Rocky Balboa's character later in life of like, look, I did this like storyline and I didn't do it well. Like at some point you have to choose to stop being the fighter and be something else, be a dad. Yeah, walk away. Which is, you know, always a hard thing well, he, to do for anyone. He has no one at the end. Adrian's dead. Uh, well, uh, yeah, no, uh, he's. I don't know what he's doing. He isn't. He's just like, kind of helping at the gym in Creed. Like he's not. Well, it's kind of sad. It kind of starts back, or or he ends where he started almost in a way. Yeah, which is always a sad thing to see. And you know, speaking of um, Adrian, you know, the, um, I think Talia Shire, uh, if that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, you know, I mean, I always knew her from the Godfather movies and, you know, being in this too, I think you know, she has just, I don't think she's really known for too many other projects, but she just really, it's, she's a great actress and I think it's really cool to cement yourself in two of like the biggest Brooklyn movie franchises. Uh, Jason know, Schwartzman's mom. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Uh, but yeah, I think she, she was great, but although like, I've seen the Godfather so many times that almost every time she's on screen, I would like think to myself a Godfather line, that's your husband, that's your husband, but she's really good. At, I mean, everyone, I think everyone holds their own, uh, in, in the franchise, not just Sylvester Stallone. I feel everyone believes in, in the project and in, in each, each story. So like I said, there's like kind of a purity to these films that make them work, even when they kind of maybe go off the deep end a bit. Uh, you you can still um, there's a sense of sweetness that sticks with it each time. That's wild, by the way, Keith. I did not know that she was Jason Schwartzman's mother. She's a Coppola. That's wild. Uh, okay, that would explain why she was in the the Godfather movies then. But she was excellent, and like she's not she's she's a really good actress. Like uh, it's not like a, a Sofia Coppola in Godfather Three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before there were reasons to fight I could understand, but I don't understand this. Even if you win, what have you won? Apollo's still gone. Why can't you change your thinking? Everybody else does. Because I'm a fighter. That's the way I'm made, Adrian. That's what you marry. We can't change what we are. We can't change anything, Adrian. All we can do is just go with what we are. You can't go with what you are. Have you read the papers? Do you know what everybody says? It's suicide. You've seen him. You know how strong he is. You can't win. JJ, you asked me what my order would be. Yes, yes, let's go. There's a lot of caveats of this, right? It's not including the Creed films because they're technically like a different saga. I think this is a different saga, right? It'll go Rocky 1 because Rocky 1 is just truly a beautiful movie about finding love and finding a place for yourself in this world that you can be something that you as long as you're given a chance you could be something rocky four about the embodiment of human spirit plus all the crazy montages yeah it's a fun one best way to get pumped up to work out then i would actually say probably rocky rocky three because i really do enjoy watching apollo creed and rocky kind of become best friends then maybe Rocky Balboa, believe it or not. It's a pretty dark storyline, but I really like Rocky Balboa. Then two, then five. Okay. 
Yeah, I I get that. Maybe I'll revisit the. I mean, I haven't seen five, so I'll probably check that one out, or maybe not. Um, but Rocky Balboa, I haven't revisited that one in a long time, so I, I should check that one because I remember really liking that too at the time. Um, what about you, Keith? What would what would you uh, agree with that list, or would you differ a little bit? See, I would like to add the uh, the Creed movies because that is a that is a continuation of the Rocky char- like uh, of the Rocky character. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, and, but, uh, I'm just about, I think I would, I was floored by Creed, so that would be number two. Uh, but yeah, uh, like Rocky Fort would, uh, see, I like to, <laughs> I, I, I like to, uh, but I haven't seen that in a while. But I would put this, yeah, I would put Rocky Fort number three. I think I would agree with you. This movie, this movie, if you were to like marathon it, I think it, it makes you go like, oh, like it wakes you up in a way of it's 90 minutes. It's enter like it's doing. It's a tight. It, yeah, yeah. It's the like shortest one. It goes it, by pretty fast. And yet it's the most uh, profitable. I find yes. that even uh, above all, like even the Creed movies. Uh, I yeah, I, I think it's thoroughly entertaining. I don't like. You know, it, it has its goofy flaws, but. I don't know. I love that robot. I I was I was in awe of that robot. He he Was there like I, a I, law that every 1985 movie had to have a talking robot? I think that's I just a know, product of the time. I want to know if it's sentient. I want no, but he the the story behind it cuz I did have to look it up was he was at a party and it was at the party. He's like, "Hey, I'm putting this thing in the movie." Like he just <laughs> liked it. <laughs> um Yeah, regardless however he would fit it in, he got it in there. Yeah, okay. I'll put I'll do one Creed, four, two, uh, Creed two, and uh, I haven't, I really haven't seen Rocky three in years. I haven't seen Rocky Balboa, but I, I okay. do, I'll do a a watch through one day. I, um, uh, I'm sad to say I haven't seen the full Creed movies all the way through. So that's another. Those are also ones I have to get to. So I'll just rank the first four Rocky movies. I think I have to rank them two different ways. Like, for example, if I'm an English teacher and I'm ranking, like, each script, I think it's basically in the order they're released, one, two, three, four. Uh, but in terms of, like, what I prefer to go back to, right, that's a whole different other case. So what I would go back to most often is probably three and then two and then four and then one. Not to say, I mean, I think they're all very watchable movies and great one, I had to put the bomb because it is so sad. I would probably only watch it if I'm in the mood to watch like a very like earnest drama. But if I want a fun time, I'm gonna go to three or four. It's true, very true. Yeah, it's an interesting split uh, when you go from two to three. What's the name of Miss Clubber Lang? I well, th- Clubber Lang. Lang. Yeah, Mr. Okay. T, who does say okay. I pity the fool. <laughs> I thought that was insane. Oh, you know, I also wanted to mention too that I think with boxing. And I mentioned how Rocky, it's almost like he had no choice to be a boxer. I also find it funny that all boxers have a name that it's like you have to be a boxer. Like you have a great boxing name. So Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa, Clubber Lang. Like these are all like amazing boxers. Ivan Drago. (laughs) Ivan Drago. Like you would only hear these names. Like you're never going to hear a boxer named like Joe Smith. Like maybe there is someone out there. But all the best boxers have like these really – uh, crazy names. And how did, 
How did Rocky Balboa get his shot? Had to do with his name and his nickname. Italian Stallion. Stallion. I ah. like that. I think that was also his nickname when he was doing, doing adult films. That would work either way. But that's literally what Apollo Creed says at the beginning of Rocky 1. Italian Stallion against Apollo Creed. I like, I like how the first Rocky also addresses how much of... I guess all the Rockies do this. How much of boxing is a show? So it's not so much like wrestling that's all staged, but there is so much press and fanfare and uh you know the posters and everything to it it is very theatrical in in many aspects oh and then the third movie you do have hulk hogan who shows up for what is throws him out of the ring it's an insane scene that's more insane than anything in four is that hulk hogan sequence where he's like beating up security guards it's not even part of the act it's like what is happening now and this and that's what starts the third film so is really the whole storyline of rocky balboa of rocky this myth of we inevitably we grow as human beings and prosper and prove a point to ourselves internally or to others externally and then eventually when it's not enough we fall back we fall back on comfort we fall back on leisure we fall back on on things that are not the primal push of existence of life such as in rocky one Apollo Creed's not focusing on his training at all. He's focusing on the money of it. In Rocky II, you see them really go for it. Rocky III, now it's Rocky who's not taking the training seriously. Rocky IV, again, Apollo Creed seeing it as a money-making thing to prove he's still a fighter, but not actually being the fighter he once was. Yeah, that's that's so interesting how you, you get to a level of... You, know, you evolve to a point where you know comfort can maybe be like the biggest disadvantage to to any profession really like you never want to feel comfortable to the point where you stop pushing yourself in whatever field you're in most noticeably i guess in boxing jj as a natural bodybuilder right i am a you know a professional natural bodybuilder when i like don't do well or when i like was trying to win or get into more of the shows I had much more of a drive and a push than when I've like recently won or if I'm doing well. Well, they always say like failure, you can't really succeed till you learn to fail, that kind of thing. Where like, you know, like again, like Rocky loses in the first one and that drives him in the next time to win. And, uh, you know, that, that, that struggle, I mean, his whole life is such a struggle before he becomes successful that it's like, you know, his whole life's been leading up to this kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that that's kind of like the thesis throughout all the movies. So um, it's almost as if yeah, you, know, you can obviously look at each movie individually, but the franchise as a whole, even with the shifting in tones, uh, is is like one consistently like saga that has um, you know a, a themes that they drive home each. If time. you got three hours and a meal to kill and a few drinks to have, Rocky Four followed by Creed Two. Gene and I actually went to a double feature downtown when we were still living in Center City, Philly, where literally we saw a double feature of it when Creed II came out. Really does set it up of like, this is why you should hate this like Drago Jr. pretty much. But mm-hmm. that like really, if we're kind of cap, you know, putting a punctuation at the end of all this exclamation point. It even takes the sharpness of Rocky Four and makes it even more picturesque in some way. Yes. Of like, Rocky's a big deal in the 80s and with all that, but now think about how much more fanfare there is about big major 
sports celebrities. And that's what Creed is now. And here's a guy from a nowhere country because the country he lives in, he's not even allowed to live in Russia because his dad is seen as a, as like an outcast. Drago's father, Ivan Drago, is seen as an outcast. Right. So if you want to see almost like the exclamation point of everything we're talking about, that's it. But it all starts with Sylvester Stallone's sweaty, oiled-up abs in a barn in the middle of Siberia, a.k.a. Montana. Yeah, right. I, would, I knew they wouldn't actually be filming out there. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's something that um, I'm glad I finally got into this franchise. I'm, like, late to the Rocky franchise, basically. But I, I think that it is something I'll probably go back to again very soon now that we're having this conversation. And it's uh, it's something that I know it's like a household name for so many people. It's, it's such a cherished franchise, you know, for better or for worse. In here, there were two guys killing each other. But I guess that's better than 20 million. So what I was trying to say is if I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. So I think we can uh, go into like our final takes and our uh, what we do our percentage score for Rocky Four, and then we'll see where uh, you know what our average score is and you know who we align more with. I have a feeling we'll align more with the audiences than the critics, but let's find out for sure. So, Alex, if you had to give a final take and then what your percentage grade would be for Rocky IV. Um, in full honesty, I think it is a solid 85%, right? It's a solid 85 for me for three major reasons. Reviewership, it's always going to be fun to watch. Um, you feel very connected to the characters and still somehow it stays light, but it still gives you a nice like storyline to follow. Okay, so 85 from you. Um, and what about you, Keith? Wow. Uh, I mean, this conversation definitely bumped up my score and made me appreciate this movie a little more. I, I'm, I'm not, it's not a, it's not a rotten. I, I'm happy it's on. I think I can have fun watching it. I'm not necessarily. I'll represent the demographics that not to, that's not necessarily clamoring to watch a Rocky movie at the moment, but is thoroughly entertained by this uh, movie. I'm going to give it a 65. I think that's there's some good stuff in this movie, and there is some you can laugh at the bad stuff, but there's it's still bad stuff. Are the absurd, the goofy stuff? I should say. I I think Sylvester Stallone is actually a pretty he has a, he wrote an Edgar Allan Poe movie that I hope one day gets to see the light of day. I actually really admire him as just an icon. Um, yeah. But I think 65, uh, strong villain, like really powerful, genuine moments. But it, you also have three montages, a robot, some goofiness, some characters kind of flanderizing themselves. 65, I think you're going to have fun with that. Okay, eighty-five, sixty-five. Um, I, I, for me, the number I'm calling to is a seventy-two. Uh, I actually wound up liking this one. I thought I would. You know, you kind of go into it with certain expectations. I knew that this one would have certain more like 
you know, heightened elements to it, like with the whole like, oh, Rocky defeats communism sort of bit. But um, no, I think though that the movie should get a little more credit for uh, for delivering similar themes and um, you know paying off some uh, character arcs that was building up to so from from the earlier entries. So um, I would give it a little more credit than it's than it's given. Definitely, it could go without a talking robot, for example. Uh, but there's definitely some really interesting things there. And so, um, yeah, giving a 72. And so what is what is our uh, average score there, Keith? A 74. Okay, 74% there. So I think I think that's a good score. I think we're kind of I think that's appropriate. The big fans, that... the you know, the people who like it and then you know, people who will like Yeah, you, know, you have to you have to admit it is it is a fun time. I do want so. to remind you all that Sylvester Stallone shortly after this movie married ivan drago's the the woman who was brigitte nielsen yep who was married to her for a short time which i just think is quite weird and she <laughs> fell in, she fell in love with flavor flav on the surreal house back in the vh1 uh, days that's a whole different discussion for a whole different day that'll be that's a rocky eight um, I, I will say to you another thing I find endearing about these movies is like this consistently cheesy thing where the beginning of each movie starts with the climatic battle from the previous film. So when you it's so it's such a funny cheesy thing that like if you especially when you binge watch it, you'll see the same scenes back to back. that's that's so funny to me. And then they play the same song every time the 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 match ends you know like that fast pace like it's it's like always the same sort of beat but it's it works each time they want you to remember that first moment where he's screaming for adrian yeah which is like a classic iconic movie moment there so um i will officially decree that on rocky four we are starting with the audience so uh, thank you, Alex, for joining us on this revisit. Yeah, of thank how, you. How Sylvester Stallone defeated communists with his fists. One punch at a time. That's how we did it. That's how we ended the Cold War. But yeah, thanks a lot, Alex, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. I'm going to knock down this wall. <laughs> One brick at a time. Um, I, I always love to have Stallone and Schwarzenegger are like the two easiest people to do. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thanks everyone for uh, for joining this. Definitely check out the Rocky films if you haven't in a long time, and uh, look out for more divided films soon. So thanks a lot. Bye.